Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. It's 2024, and that means it is past time for you to get your money right. And you know what it is. It's Money Making Mondays. And that is why the common sense millionaire George Dines is joining us. Hi, George. How are you today? I'm just wonderful. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Now, you know when George comes on, he's going to tell you (laughs) that you got to get it together, okay? Time isn't wasting, and you really have to get it together if you are heading uh, into retirement, I would say, within the next five or so years. Right, George? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Tanya, the the numbers are crazy when you look at that, but right, people are planning one, five, ten years out for retirement. And from the statistics, it may look like people need to uh, make adjustments to what they're doing. Well, the thing is, George, the truth is that not everybody is going to end up in retirement with millions of dollars. And some folks, maybe they didn't plan well. Some folks didn't save well. And some folks maybe just didn't have the money to set aside. What can you do at this point to at least get yourself in a better position for retirement if it's not imminent? Like if you're not turning 65 or 70 this year. Yeah. And and, um, I am going to give you one scary statistic. Okay. Just one. George. I'm sorry. <laughs> 50% of people retiring are going to depend 100% on Social Security. Ooh, that is and scary. That's a scary number. Mm. So the the key is, what can you do now? The, the, the key now is to plan in terms of how much money you can accumulate between now and the time that you're going to be retired. Okay. Okay. That's, that's the key. It has got to focus on that, right? So you all know where I come from as the common sense millionaire. What's the first thing you do? You got to look at your spending. Uh, you got to make adjustments to your spending. It's the beginning of the year. Now is the perfect time to sit down and look at what you really spent money on. And is that necessary? And how much of that can you put away in some type of savings or um, you know low risk investment mm. type activity, okay, that's the first thing. the The big mistakes that retirees make as they're going into retirement is to make a big purchase, mm. like a car, mm. or they've always wanted a boat, um, or you're going to take the big retirement trip and go someplace that you've never been before, and you end up spending a lot of money. So you've got to stop crazy spending, get a budget, figure out what you're going to what you're taking in and what you can put away for savings. You know, the challenge of of saving and I and and I want to be honest because I think it is it's crucial at this stage of your life, to be honest, is that saving means that you're putting away something for, as we say, a rainy day or an emergency or any of those things. But at the same time, you know, there are two things at play. One is that some of us are still dealing with day-to-day life. We might be taking care of children or grandchildren or great-grandchildren we didn't expect to be taken care of. We might be really going check to check ourselves. And you're asking us to take from that small pool of money to save. And then on the other hand, it's like, well, just like you said, I'm a retiring. I've lived all my life. I've worked hard. I want to take that trip. I want to buy that boat. I want to go and, and, and upgrade my house. 
How do you contend with that? It's, it's very difficult because the message to folk has to be that if you think it's tough now, wait till you don't have a job. Okay. Mm. So one of the things, so, and, and a lot of people initially they're thinking, okay, I've been working my ass off for all these years and I deserve this. Well, it's not going to work like that. Okay. For a lot of people. And the way the stats are looking, almost half of the people out there. So one of the things that you're going to have to do is thinking about getting another job mm. and working during your retirement period, which is unfortunate. But that's that is one option that you can have. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to work 40 hours a week or full time, but you might have to find something to supplement the money that you have. The, the way the original retirement system was designed in the United States was that you were going to have three, the, what they call the three-legged stool, okay? You would have personal savings, social security, and a pension because a lot of people worked at jobs that had pensions. Well, we all know that doesn't exist anymore. So the third, the third leg of that stool is now going to be a job. So here's obviously the challenge for that. Now, do you, are you limited if you are taking in Social Security? So you can start your Social Security. What's the youngest age that you can start Social Security? Okay, you can start. Uh, everybody has a, um, uh, a full benefit age. Mm-hmm. For instance, myself, my age is 66 and a half. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, I can take the money before that. Okay. And uh, however, the amount that you will get is lower than what you would if you were reaching your actual retirement age. But there's a strategy for that. If you have savings, in some, in some cases, it would make sense to take Social Security early. And some people who have the means actually take Social Security early, like when they're, say, 62, mm-hmm. okay? They get a much lower benefit, but they don't spend that money. They take that money and invest it. Mm. Okay? So that's that's one way to do that. But really, Tanya, a lot of people can't do that. Right. Okay? They're, they're depending on getting, they need that money. But remember, if you go early, you're going to get less. Mm-hmm. But if you go early, you might still be working. So at 62, there might be a, a good portion of us are still working. So it is yeah. an interesting idea to take that Social Security money and just put it into investing and put it into savings and all of that. But here's my question. If you take that at 62, your benefit is at that rate. You, your benefit is not going to get any higher. Nope. Nope. Uh, not at all. That's it. Uh, uh, if I'm correct, uh, there is like a cola, but it's going to be the base is going to be stuck. You're, you're, you're not getting anything more. Right. Some people may have to do that, um, but I think in most cases you probably want. So, for instance, my age is sixty-six and a half. Right. Okay? If I wait till seventy, then I max out the amount that I can get. And actually, you know, it's a nice-looking chunk of money every month. Right. But most people cannot wait till they're seventy. Right. Hmm. So basically what you're saying here is that you can take that 
62, if that is your age, where you can cash out and start getting Social Security. But if you are working, that could be a plan because even though it's a lower benefit, you still have some years to be able to invest it, even if it's only five or or maybe six years. However, if you wait all the way until 70, then you can get your maximum benefit. But, you know, there's so many things that are playing in this decision because, I mean, let's be clear, not to be funny, but between 60 and 60, and 70, you know, people's life expectancy may not extend all the way out to 70, depending on your genetics, your health, and any other thing that could happen. Um, So it's kind of an interesting idea, take the lower benefit and kind of save it for the future, because you will have that monthly amount of money, even though it's less, if you think that you're going to be continuing to work. Now, how can you collect Social Security benefits and work at the same time? Uh, Yes, you can. However, uh, the, the higher your uh, wages or income, uh, there will be a reduction in the benefit. Okay? Mm. So that's, a, that's a, another part as well. Now, one thing that everybody can do right away is to kind of figure out where you are. Okay. So you can go to ssa.gov. Okay. And you can actually see your uh, earnings statement. Okay, which also allows you to, to fix something that's clearly wrong. Uh, but you can see your earnings for all the years that you've been working, and that represents W 2 income. Okay, that's reported to the government. Mm-hmm. You can look at that, and it will actually tell you based on your age what your benefit is. So that's good to know. So this is something that you can do right now. You can go to ssa.gov. I actually did it to see uh, where I'm at. And it was pretty interesting because it shows you all the income that you've ever made in your life that was reported to Social Security. So you're looking at like some years were okay, some years. uh, um, Well, yeah, you you look at people who just started in the job market because it's all there. And, you know, there's like maybe the first year you ever worked, you only made $12,000. Right. And that's you, you just see all of that. But remember, Social Security takes the highest earning over the highest earning 20 years, I believe. It is. OK, that's what your benefit is based on. So, you know, you want to make as much as possible. Right. If you can. Now, what about on, what about entrepreneurs or people who work 1099 jobs? How does that work out? Well, when you have a 1099 and you're and you're working in a in a business and you get a 1099, when you file your taxes, you're going to pay self-employment tax. Okay. okay. And so that will that will flow into your social security data as earnings for you, what your earnings were. Right. Okay, but Tanya, let me I'm just going to give it to you straight. You know how I am. There are a lot of people out there that avoid getting paid. <laughs> and so they have no record of earnings. Mm. Now that is a, that's critical because you're talking about people who are entrepreneurial in cash-based yeah. businesses is what we're talking about. So if you've been yeah. a contractor, if you've been a barber, if you've been any of these people that may have been playing around a little bit with your income uh, so that you didn't have to pay heavy taxes, that this could bite you in the butt when you go to see if you can get any social security benefits. And if you're in one of those fields, you may not be able to work uh, until 70 years old. You know, you, th- you think about so many hairdressers and barbers in our community, people who have been standing on their feet for years, that if you are under reporting your income, this could be a problem for you as it looks uh, to your social security. Big time, because you're not going to, you're not going to have anything. 
Mm. So, so what are you going to do? You're, you're going to be 75 and still trying to cut hair. Right. I, mean, I, love, I know you love cutting hair, not you personally, but you know what I mean. <laughs> you, 75, you're going to be trying to cut hair. Right. Uh, all I know right now is when I go, you know, I do have a little hair left. But <laughs> don't you don't you talk far. about don't you talk about how expensive a haircut is, George? You don't even have any hair. <laughs> yeah, they still charge me like thirty dollars. And they just wanted to shine the the head or something. I don't know how that works, but uh, because uh, you shouldn't have to pay that much. I I can't see it, but apparently you do still have to pay if you're bald, just for the beard, I guess. But in any case, George, when it comes to thinking about retirement, uh, you've given us some food for thought here. So if you are someone who has been an entrepreneur who's been chronically underreporting your income, is there anything that you can do about that now? Or should you think about pivoting into either a regular job or pivoting into a different kind of business that you might be able to extend into your later years? I, I think that you you might be in a situation where you have to do both. Mm. Okay. And I really want people who own a business independently to understand there are huge tax benefits to um, working with entrepreneurs to establish a pension plan for that entrepreneur. And that some of that money can be deductible. Okay. And it's, so it's very important to at least have a sit down, especially now we're in January, right? It's a fresh start. Right. Everything. Right. So sit down with a, a professional, get a tax professional or, or you can call us or whatever to figure out what you can do. There's so many things you can do to establish your own savings and pension. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's going to happen when you're 75? I mean, you are, if you don't have kids, OK, well, where are you going to go? If you have kids, are they going to want to come in? You know, are, are you going to live with them? Or are they going to live with you? It's um, I've seen so many families impoverished because they didn't plan properly and because of having to put their mother or father in a nursing home while the state attached all of the profit from the sale of their property. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of like you're not setting yourself up to pass money on to the next generation. Right. Right. So that's a critical thing as well. But the key question of where are you going to live? And I think what you're talking about here, George, and what you always talk about is you can't just kind of hide your head in the sand and hope for the best. So you're going to have to, as you get older, I would say, you know, if you're looking really 55 plus 50 plus, uh, but as we get older, 55 plus, you have to figure out one critical and key thing. How are you going to make money? And where and how are you going to live? Because that's going to be another issue that you have to look at as you get older, because one of the critical economic factors is all this increasing rent. The fact that now you cannot expect to be able to live at your current fashion in your current rent or mortgage if you haven't figured out a plan for that. Because in some cases, if you're talking about a social security check, and I don't know what the average is, but let's say somewhere, you know, I don't know what the highest benefit. 
let's just roll with like say twenty five a month. Right. Right. That's probably around an average benefit, even for somebody who I mean, I don't know if it's different for someone who's a multimillionaire, but they're probably not necessarily depending wholly on Social Security. So if you're talking about twenty five hundred a month, if you want to live any place in America at this point, uh, that is probably going to be your rent payment or close to it. So that's going to be something you're going to have to think about as well. Where do you want to live? If you were in a high cost of living state or city, can you sustain based on what you're paying for rent now? Can you sustain that into the future? So let's, and that's a fabulous, that's a fabulous discussion because when you're in that retirement age, there are three major spending issues, housing, food, and healthcare. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we all know what's happening with healthcare in this country. And yes, maybe you have to move to another state, okay? However, a lot of the states that people can afford, like one of the cheapest places to live is uh, like Mississippi. Okay. okay? That has lowest level of health care, okay? Has the, one of the lowest incomes of any state in the entire country. So you may be able to, to move there if and maybe rent something, but you may not be living the way that you live in Philadelphia, okay? So a lot of what Philadelphia has is probably not available in other states, especially states that people can afford. You can, I I will tell everybody here, forget about Florida, forget about California. You know, those are fantasies. Uh, (laughs) The cost of living there is so expensive. That, that it's, it's ridiculous. Also, you know, I, I would cross Texas off the list. Uh, most people say, oh, yeah, we're going to move to Texas because there's no state taxes. However, government gets its money if they just get it from a different uh, pocket. Okay, so you're still going to be paying. So it's, it's, a, it's a very difficult transaction that nobody wants to talk about. Well, the critical thing, too, about all of the places that you just mentioned and and the vast difference between Philadelphia is that every one of those places will require you to have a vehicle. And you're going to have to think about the cost of a vehicle, because honestly, the way that vehicles are between falling apart and breaking and and parking and all these different fees and and things on autos that you're going to have to conclude whether or not you can afford to have a car or if you can afford to have a new car or one that uh, has some of the bells and whistles that you may want as you get older. So I really think that what you're saying here, George, and what you really consistently say is that you have to realistically take a look at your life and finances and then plan accordingly based on how you want to live, where you want to live, where you may have people resources. That's again, if your children live across the country and you are still holding it down in, you know, South Philly, that that could be a problem for you as you age and you may not be able to travel quite as freely or afford to be able to travel quite as freely. So these are all the things to think about. And then I would also say that uh, given everything that we discussed, you want to live someplace that has a lot of resources and particularly for older folks, whether that is health resources, whether that is 
uh, political resources, whether that is places and organizations and agencies, because as you said, you could go someplace rural or you could go someplace that's cheaper, but will you have access to healthcare? Will you have access to uh, banking and, and all these various things that you may need? So it does take some assessment is what you're saying here. Oh, yeah. And and look, we've all seen it. Okay. We've all seen it. We, we know family and friends in the situation. Uh, you see a senior citizen driving a 15-year-old car and, you know, it's barely making it, but that's because one, they cannot afford to buy a new one. Right. Or even number two, the repairs are too much. Right. And so now is the time. I'm, I'm just so glad that you wanted to discuss this in January because really it's time to just stop for 10, 15 minutes and take a look at where you are. You know, you cannot take credit card balances into retirement. You, you, you just can't. Okay, that, that just will not work. And what will eventually happen is that uh, you may stop being able to pay and there goes your credit rating, mm-hmm. right? Because remember, remember, these, these credit card people are not for your benefit. They know when you turn 65, okay? They know how much you, you make. Right. So they would download your credit, and then you can't afford to pay for it. You're paying a much higher interest rate. I, I, I don't think that that's a look that you want to go into in, in um, your first year of retirement. Right. Well, on that note, as usual, providing us with the common sense. And, you know, it doesn't have to be all bad. Well, you're really no. saying assess so that you know what you're doing. You're not out here just trying to figure it out when you have less resources than what you're used to. George Dines, our common sense millionaire. Thank you so much for being on Reality Check with us today. And we will see you next Monday. Great. Thanks for having me back. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com. 